0: Good morning, everyone. It's it's honor for me to be back here and share the word of God. Let's uh, start with this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for allowing us to have worship in this sanctuary. You called us to be holy because you're holy, and we like to be holy. Help us, Father. I thank you ahead of time for Blessings and teaching you're going to give by the power of the Holy Spirit to the book of James, chapter 1, verse 12 to 18. Thank you. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. Let me tell you the story that I heard about a month ago. It's about an elderly woman named Martha and she's a very devout Christian. And uh, she had a neighbor, his name is Steve, and he's also elderly, but he's not a believer. Every morning Martha loves to go to uh, front porch and pray to God. And uh, Steve used to say unnecessary things like, Martha, there's no God, please don't pray. And Martha was annoyed by that, but she didn't really mind that much. One morning, Martha went to the front of her porch and prayed that morning. And that morning, she had a special list of things, because she was running low on her money and the grocery item in the refrigerator. So she was praying for the grocery items. And something strange happened that morning. Steve, non-believer, heard the prayer, And he volunteered to go to a local supermarket, got everything she prayed, and got them in a two-shopping bag and delivered to Martha's front porch without telling her. Sometime later, Martha came out and saw the shopping bag filled with things, and she looked inside, and everything she prayed that morning was in, in there. So she looked up and said, Heavenly Father, thank you for answering my prayer I really needed this. And I shared the sound from Steve, non Again, unnecessary comment. Martha, do you really believe that your God delivered that to you? No, no, no. I'm telling you, there is no God. I did. So Martha just looked up again. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving me everything that I prayed this morning. And this time, especially making that devil to pay for it. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it because when I heard that, I enjoyed it too. Two weeks ago, David Silk studied how important it is to go back to the basic. How important it is to go back to the Word of God. And he also emphasized why we should go back uh, to the Word of God. And last week, I also emphasize the importance of going back to the Bible. And we studied the book of James, (coughs) chapter 1, and learned how to face trials and problems, because we have problems all the time. So we learned how indispensable the teachings from the Bible can be when trials come to us. Without it, we can be lost. I shared Hosea 4.6 last week. The, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Here, lack of knowledge means not knowing the word of God, not knowing God's law, and not knowing well. God reveals his will for his people. Today, I'd like to add two more verses, which is related to that. Hosea, as you know, is a prophet, and he was a prophesizing what's going to happen in the future in 4, six, and two verse on the screen is what actually happened, unfortunately. Isaiah 5.11. Isaiah 5.11. Uh, Therefore, my people go into exile because they lack knowledge of God. Again. And... Uh, Second King, 17, in the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria, which is a small city north of Jerusalem, and carried the Israel people away into exile to Assyria. So not paying attention to God's word, not worshipping him, but worshipping something else that upset God, upset God. And as punishment, he led soldiers from Assyria to come and take them all the way to Assyria, which is a northern part of Iraq (laughs) these days. So when we read the Bible and when I tell you this, it's very hard to feel that under our skin. That must have been really hard to help you. I have a map. I don't know whether you can see it. Okay, so... Basically, when they were taken as captive, prisoner, they were taken from point A to point B. I used a Google map to calculate the distance, and it came out to around roughly 730 miles. And according to Google map, if you walk, it takes 29 days. But of course, back then, the street wasn't that paved well, highway wasn't straight, so it could mean longer and very hard. And at the same time, I'm sure the soldier from Assyria wasn't very merciful, so maybe they didn't give water enough, or even food. Elderly, young people, small children, some, day died on their way to Nineveh, Assyria. I hope that gives you some idea how hard it must have been, just because they didn't worship God and something else, and they didn't learn to find out more about God's word. Give you one more data. That distance is from Bluebell, Pennsylvania to all day to city of Chicago. So today we're going to study the Book of James, chapter one, uh, verse 12 to 18. And today we're going to learn how to resist temptation. Temptation, as you know, is the first problem our human ancestor failed to handle properly, so we are where we are now. We will learn indispensable teachings from the Bible on the subject of temptation. Without, without that, we can be lost literally and spiritually, as you'll find out soon. Okay. I put that uh, painting up there, which you might be familiar with it is. It was uh, done by the gentleman named Shaper somewhere around 1800. The guy who is standing on the right is Satan. I don't know why his horn is missing. I usually picture Satan with a horn, red uniform, maybe tail, but all those things are missing. And the gentleman on the right is Jesus. I show you this picture to clear one misunderstanding, so it will help us to go through the teaching today. God is everywhere. It's also called the omnipresent. And I'm not trying to teach you the word omnipresent. What that means is God can be anywhere, more than one place at the same time. Just like I have a holy spirit inside me, but Carl also has holy spirit in him. And Ben has holy spirit. So he can be anywhere at the same time. There are about seven billion people on earth, and he can be in every one of them at the same time. Amen. But Satan cannot. So he's not omnipresent. So he has a helper. Satan cannot be in more than one place at the same time. So Satan must rely on his soldiers called demons. And demon is a very important word to know today, because I'll be mentioning a few times, to do his orders, which is tempting which is one of the main things they do. So Satan is the same as devil. Devil is Satan, and he is the tempter, according to the Bible. And there is a demon who is a soldier of Satan. When I look at this painting, there is one question that pops up in my mind, and I hope you have the same question. And that question is, where is he today? Right now, October, today's 9th, 2016, 11:50. Where is he? Do you know where he is? So have you seen Satan or devil or demon around? If you didn't see him, why? We didn't see him. There is a reason why we don't see them. Because we cannot see them, but they do exist. We shall find out later. They are invisible. It is for their advantage that they we cannot see them. Have you ever thought how old Satan and demons might be? They are few thousand years old. We live long if we live hundred, but they're thousands and thousands and thousands years old. Of course, God is almighty and he has all the power. Satan doesn't, but still has something that we don't have. So my point is, demon is everywhere right now, and that is truth. And that will help you to learn the teaching today. So 1 Peter 5a said, be alert, be on watch. Your enemy, the devil, who roams around like a roaring lion, looking for someone like us to devour. So, if, if you see a killer be chasing you, what would you do, Pastor Ben? I'm sure he'll run away. I'm sure Carl will run away too, and I'll run away. Actually, he'll be dumb if we don't run away. The problem is we don't see demon or Satan, so we don't even know when to run. So our teaching today is very indispensable because even though we don't have a capability to see them, we'll find out how to know when they're near. And we can do that with using the Bible verse as a microscope, which I'll explain later. So, the rest of time we'll be divided into one, show you the evidence of the existence of demon and Satan and devil, using the microscope from the James 1, 14 to 15, and two, teaching outline you have on the right side of your program. So let's start with part one, the evidence. As you might have noticed, I have a cold, and that could be the bias that I have. We cannot see that bias because our eye is not capable recognize them so what would you do all you need is medical grade cotton swab take the sample of your saliva or something from your nose and put them under the microscope and that's how we know so we're going to use a microscope verse microscope as our microscope to see the specimen Specimen will come from every one of us. Story that happens every day in our lives, and we're going to put it under the microscope using the James chapter 1, verse 14, 17, and take a look at them very closely, and we learn before the end of this teaching, ah, that's what it is. So let's look at it. Just like using a microscope, we're going to, we are going to use the Bible verse to see how Satan, devil, operates using James chapter 1, verse 14, 15. And we're going to use Mr. Wright's story as specimen. Let me tell you a little bit about Mr. Wright. Mr. Wright could be John Doe or me or anyone, but I do assure you that this example doesn't come from anyone that I know in the CVC, so don't be offended. If it happened to sounds like yours, it's something called coincidence. Okay, Mr. Wright has a special affection for golf club, especially titanium drive number one. It's very expensive. He already has four. And now he noticed on the magazine a new one. And he thinks this will make him next Tiger Wood. So he went to his uh, wife, honey, I uh, just saw this on this magazine. And I think I need this. Uh, I think <coughs> this one is going to improve my score so much. I think, I, could, I, I think that this one will make me become the professional golfer. Mrs. Rice said, That's, I heard that story all, uh, before. No, we're not going to buy this. So they decided not to buy. As soon as they settled that discussion, he became sad. He lost appetite. He started losing weight. He go to work, but he's like, not there. He's come back home, but he's not daddy anymore. They have two kids. One is three years old, the other one is one. So he lost all the interest, and he's always thinking about the titanium drive number one. <laughs> I can be, ne- I could be next Tiger About a week later, he became happy again. Mrs. Wright, hmm. I knew he'd come around. He's mature. But two days later, she found out he purchased it with his uh, extra credit card that he got from Citibank. (laughs) So she said, you know what? I cannot let this one pass easily, so I have to argue with this. So they started talking. Talking became argument. Argument became fighting. At the end of the fighting, she packed her luggage. took took it. Without saying, when she's coming back, she went to her mother's. Uh, Mr. Wright, of course, was very happy. You know, she'll come back. So he was happy two days, playing with his tribe, went to golf range. But a week later, he started to get worried. And two weeks later, he's concerned now. And he started to blame God. You know, I pray to you every day and uh, you didn't listen to me in while, Even though it is his fault who did that. So two weeks later, he stopped going to church. He stopped his daily meditation. He stopped praying to God. He basically was separated from God spiritually. Okay, I'm going to end right there because we're going to use that as an example to put under the microscope later to examine very carefully with the word from James Wan. To be fair, I had another example about Mrs. Wright, because she has special affection for designer's handbag, one that starts with the letter C, or letter G, or letter F, or another letter C. Uh, Same story, she already has four bags, and each one of them costs over $1,000, and she went through the same thing, and the same thing kind of happened. But I'm not going to go through that. It might offend someone here. Again, it's not the example from you guys, so please don't worry. Okay, let's put that story we just talked about under the microscope and examine part by part and see where the devil starts to bother us. And that's the whole point. We need to know about enemy so we can do something about it. If you don't have uh, any idea or intelligence about enemy, how could you do anything? If you don't have the ammunition, how could you go to battle? Okay. The top part is uh, James chapter 1, verse 14, 15. Let's look at that. Let's read together. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desire and enticed. Then. When desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And that's what Mr. Carl, with an amazing voice, read it for us. Every time I hear his voice, I think he's from the out of whoosh, loaded ring. From, <laughs> from Middle Earth with sword. Anyway, that can be put on this chart, A, B, C, D. Believe it or not... This is what we go through every time this kind of thing happens. You start with A. A is ours, our own. A is ours. I want to stress, A is ours. From B, C, D, is not ours. That's when devil is involved. And I'll show you the exact point where devil starts to interfere with our lives. So Mr. Y's story is a good example, good specimen to put under Bible verse microscope and see how Satan operates. This will help us to be ready and to resist temptation. Okay, to make sure you understand the story, maybe this will help you if we hear, if you could, hear the conversation went on between Satan and demon. This is, of course, hypothetical. And uh, it'll help us, uh, our study. So, demon calling. Demon calling Satan. Brrng, brrng. Yes, sir. This is, I'm demon number 1,285,556. I'm happy to report that I have found my next target here in Bluebell, Pennsylvania. Yes, he has a strong desire to buy a new Callaway Titanium Golf Club, drive number one. He wants to be the next tiger. Yes, how did you know that? Yes, of course, you're Satan. Is he a good golfer? No. His best score is only 98. Uh, yes, I'm going to make him more obsessed with the club. He's already very obsessed anyway. Uh, yes, sir, I'll make him more obsessed. Yes, sir. Yes, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll show him more pictures from club magazine. I'll give him more reasons like why he deserves this and need that kind of all those shebang. Yes, I have already, uh, he has already one secret credit card. <laughs> he got that from Citibank. I thought you gave him. Oh, anyway, yes, sir. Yes, I think I can drag him all day to the death. Yes, death. A uh, spiritual death? Okay. Okay, yes, sir. We might laugh at this, but if we can hear, that could be the conversation demon is having with Satan. It's scary, isn't it? Okay, I think now we're ready to go to the chart and look at this. But before that, I want to emphasize, look at under B. We might think temptation happens only with more serious desires, like addiction to X-rayed video, like addiction to drugs, like cheating. Don't be mistaken. What about other people? They will use all kinds of desires, even ordinary and simple and common ones, because there are more of those. So he's going to use anything. His purpose is to tempt everyone. Not everyone has serious desires. So whichever comes, he can make a magic happen. And we'll find out a little later. Okay, let's look at a little bit more detail. So, desire for golf clubs started with Mr. Wright. That's under A. That's his responsibility. B, he was tempted. Okay, when he was tempted, the devil is already in his life. I'll show you more exact location. So, when he's obsessed, I'm using the word obsessed. So, when you're obsessed with something, be aware, because uh, he might be already working in you. Have you uh, wives, have you noticed your husband is upset with something? Mm, this could be the sign. Uh, then, of course, uh, Mr. Wright had a credit card. He purchased in secret without telling, so he was, uh, had a guilty feeling. And then he moved on to D. He could, between C and D, he could have said, Honey, I'm really sorry. You know, I'm going to return to my drive, and I'll never do that kind of thing again. He didn't. So he went all the way to D, and he stopped going to church and meditating, or even stopped praying. Here, I'll show you the exact location where devil and demon started to interfere. Devil and demon was watching Mr. Wright's desire. You know what? Hmm. I think this is around time when he had a conversation with Satan. Uh, number three is location between A and B. You know, I think the I think this is good enough. Let me call Satan. That's when he called. And then of course he made the Mr. Wright obsessed with this. And then he packaged it really well. Even simple things like a desire for the gulp turned into temptation because he was so obsessed he couldn't do anything else. By the way, when he was obsessed, he wasn't thinking about God at all. So that's why obsession is not good. So he went to be by the time, probably if the demon had a conversation, we said, I think I got it. Probably that's what he said. And, of course, then move to C and D. Take a look at the word next to number four. Temptation is equal to seduced, ruled, tempted, attracted. Does any of this ver- uh, the vocabulary sounds familiar? He had the opportunity to resist temptation. And number one, the location where number one is, that's why Jesus resisted the temptation by using the word of God. So we all have chance to resist and turn away 180 degrees from that location, number one. But some people does not Okay, so the, we're going to look at the teaching outline now on your paper, and you're gonna, you can start writing. So I'll go over four subjects, starting with Temptation 101. one. Temptation occurs to everyone. There is no such person who doesn't have temptation. Please. Even Jesus had one. Nothing is wrong with temptation. Just when you sin, there's a problem. B. Temptation starts from our own desire, it doesn't come from God, it doesn't come from demon, from us. And C. Does God tempt us? No. Okay, what is the purpose of temptation? A. Enduring temptation will make us truly happy. Do you know what that means? When you learn how to resist temptation, when the, someone says, Look, the, I know you like the music. The, here is something that I can sell really cheap. And he said, Nope, I don't have to talk with the Megan. I know already I'm not going to buy this. Then you become a really happy person. When you have that power to resist, you're going to be happy. That's what the Bible is saying. And B, we will receive the crown of life. What's the reverse of death? Life. But we're having a hard time having the life intended because of all these things. But once you learn how to resist temptation, you're going to have the true life that God desired right now back to us. And C, Holy Spirit develops fruit of Self-control. Eve, in the Garden of Eden, did not have self-control, so she was tempted and fell into it. So every time we resist temptation, we develop slowly self-control. Self-control is a very strong, important word. Okay, uh, number three. That we already went through this with A, B, C, D, and this is the same thing. It all starts from our own desire, then we are enticed, tempted, see, then we are ruled into sin action which then lures us into death. Okay, I'm not going sh- to show you the picture, two pictures. It might be shocking and displeasing, but in order to get my <coughs> point closed, I put it there anyway. I didn't even show it to my wife. She could be freaking out. <laughs> so, I told you what it is. Okay, it is about the world. Have you noticed the, the word is a little bit uh, like a familiar? Look at the number one, hunting term used by hunter, like dragged away. Number two, enticed lured. Number three, baited. Number four, trapped. It's all term used by hunters. Do you know what that means? That uh, Satan and demons are treating us like piece of animal. And I'll show you the picture, don't be surprised. It's a mountain lynx, trapped by a trap. It's about to die. Read on the top. Animals are trapped to death the same way. Here's a very cute mink, baby mink, trapped by the trap. Animals are trapped to death the same way. And this is exactly the same kind of vocabulary used here. So, isn't it amazing how... Satan and demons treat us. Animals are trapped to death exactly the same way, like hunters do to their animals. So last one, how should we face temptation? Eight, we should resist temptation by turning away. There's a two-way, but this is one of the, and I'll, I'll explain what it is. And this might help you if I show you another picture. Do you remember Joseph? He used to work for this uh, guy, and he had... Uh, his wife, and uh, she tried to seduce him, but he said no. Said so he's uh, running away from her. Said so he was between B and C, from temptation to sin, but he turned around and walked away. We should do the same thing. This is one way. Of course, uh, if I look, show you chart. What he did was turning around in number one point. Between B and C, he turned around. That's what we should do. turn around. David and uh, Bathsheba, he didn't do that, and he had a tragic, tragic consequence. I had to cover Bathsheba because she was naked. Uh, I don't want to tempt you any more than what I'm talking. So, do you see the? Do you see tiny guy on the top of the on the left side, uh, looking down from balcony? Okay, that's David. Okay, David, even though he was liked God so much, even he was tempted and he could not resist. So if you look at the chart, he was tempted at B, and then he passed through the B and C, and then to C to D, all the way to D, and there was death. By the time when David realized, he did repent. And he is really well known for repenting. So God said, David, at least I'm not going to take your life, but what you did was a bad thing, so I'm going to take your son. baby was born between Bathsheba and David, and God took that baby away. So there was actual death. Uh, Look at number two. David had her brought to the palace. She became his wife and bore him a son. But Lord was not pleased. Look at number three: Lord caused very sick, and a week later, child died. Look at number one. David's household experienced further hardship in later years. In total, there were four of David's sons suffered untimely death. All because of his temptation. He could have just turned around, but he didn't. That's how serious temptation is. Okay, number four, B. So, we should then turn to the world of God. And this is how Jesus demonstrated us to resist temptation. And uh, let's go to B. So, here Jesus said, Then Jesus answered, Go away, Satan. The scripture says, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left Jesus. So we showed two way to do that. And that's why if you memorize the Bible, then Holy Spirit will... I think you can use this verse that you memorized in 1989 and resist devil. That's what you could if you memorize the Bible. If you didn't, then... But if you have a Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, since you don't have anything in your database, the Holy Spirit cannot remind you anything to remember, but Holy Spirit will nudge you. Okay, this is the point that you turn around, turn turn, turn back. So meantime, you can turn around and run away from the temptation until the time you memorize the more Bible verse and you have more in your database. So meantime, you can do two. Turn away, like Joseph, or do like Jesus, if you memorize the Bible. Another reason why you should study the Bible. Uh, one thing to be noticed, if you read uh, Matthew 4 more carefully, Jesus was never tempted. It was the Holy Spirit who took him to the temptation location. Because uh, this was the first thing Jesus wanted to show us. Because temptation is what started the whole thing. So he wanted to make sure that we have the tools to resist. So that's the first thing he did before he started his three and a half years of ministry. So I just want to point out that it was the Holy Spirit who led Jesus to that location, And then Satan was waiting. Okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, Jesus, do this. So it was all part of the plan. Holy Spirit can warn you when we are tempted. Without Jesus, you are on your own. So if you receive the Jesus, Holy Spirit can warn you, even if you haven't memorized a lot of verse yet. But at least Holy Spirit will do that. If you haven't accepted Jesus, you are on your own. And uh, if you have received Jesus as your personal Savior, He will provide the way out. It is from 1 Corinthians 10.13. If you don't have Jesus as your personal Savior, then you are on your own, as I said. The bottom two line. how could you live without Jesus in your life? After hearing all this, you are so vulnerable to many temptations. And temptation can lead you all day to death. It's your choice. The Bible says, anyone, everyone who put on uh, who calls on the name of Lord will be saved. So you can receive Jesus Christ into life right now, today, by praying the following prayer that I'll be praying. You can follow me slowly. You can either make a sound or no sound. Once you invite him, he will come in. Okay, let's uh, do the prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus. I, am, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask you for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the death. I turned from running my own life, and now I ask you to run it. I invite you to come into my heart and life. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, I am Okay, let me close with a prayer. The Heavenly Father, we thank you again for allowing us to worship you.